0: This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. We're in a series right now measuring the Pilgrim's Progress. Yes, we're reading through Pilgrim's Progress but measuring the progress of Pilgrim and those that he interacts with based on the Scripture and what the Lord has for us to learn out of that allegory. This week we continue with Pliable and Pilgrim. You'll remember that Obstinate returns to the city of destruction and they continue on appreciate it so much, Brother Tavis Long's uh, challenge last week uh, from this. A lot of good material. Uh, one, of, one of my goals someday when I grow up is I want to be able to fit as much into a message as Tavis Long does in a very short period of time. But uh, it, was, it was excellent. Okay. All right. So Pliable asked Pilgrim this, And what company shall we have in that heavenly place so pleasant? You'll remember, the Pilgrim is telling him about heaven, the things that he's read in the book, in the Word of God. Pilgrim responds, There we shall be with seraphims and cherubims, creatures that will dazzle your eyes to look on them. There also you shall meet with thousands and ten thousands that have gone before us to that place. Let me just stop. These are all things that the scripture clearly teaches. In Isaiah 6, 2, the prophet saw the Lord in heaven's temple. Above his throne stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, and uh, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he did fly. This is not science fiction, folks. This is not animation. You and I are going to witness angelic creatures that we've only read about in God's Word, but they are real. And what about the tens of thousands who will be in glory? Revelation 5.11, Isaiah saw the uh, seraphim, But in Revelation 5.11, John the Apostle beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts, just read about some of them, and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. So Pilgrim continues, none of them are hurtful but loving and holy. Everyone walking in the sight of God and standing in His presence with acceptance forever. In a word, these we shall see, uh, there, or there we shall see the elders with their golden crowns. There we shall see the holy virgins with their golden lamps. There we shall see men all well and clothed with immortality as with a garment, who by the world were cut to pieces burnt in flames, eaten of beasts, drowned in the seas for the love they bear to the Lord of the place. Pliable responds, the hearing of this is enough to ravish one's heart. But are these things to be enjoyed? How shall we get to be sharers thereof? Pilgrim says the Lord, the governor of the country hath recorded that in this book, the substance of which is, if we be truly willing to have it, he will bestow it upon us freely. Pliable. Well, my good companion, glad I am to hear of these things. Come on, let us mend our pace. Let's speed up. Pilgrim responds, I cannot go as far as I would by reason of this burden that is on my back. Now Brother Long last week calls Pilgrim Christian, and that's fine. That's what Bunyan did. I'm taking a little bit of liberty, and I'm withholding calling him Christian. I'm just calling him Pilgrim until he gets to the cross and that pack falls off. Then he's Christian. But he talks about this pack of sin, Guilt on his back. Bunyan then continues. Now I saw in my dream that just as they had ended this talk, they drew nigh to a very miry slough that was in the midst of the plain, and they being heedless, and he's implying here it was not easy to see, they being heedless did fall suddenly into the bog. The name of the slough was despond. Here, therefore, They wallowed for a time, being grievously trapped with the dirt. And Pilgrim, because of the burden that was on his back, began to sink in the swamp. Then cried Pliable, Ah, neighbor, where are we now? Truly, said Pilgrim, I do not know. At this, Pliable became offended and angrily said to his fellow, Is this the happiness you have told me of all this while? If we have such ill speed at our first setting out, what may we expect between this and our journey's end? If I get out again with my life, you can possess all the brave country you've spoken of. And we're going to read that pliable leaves. He's already had enough. A couple things to note, and this is really where the application begins in what John Bunyan wrote. It is said that as a young man, Bunyan lived in a cottage that was situated beside a stream that would overflow its banks in the spring and then pool in the low areas creating a basin filled with muck and mire that would trap anyone who attempted to walk through it. And in so doing, it caused a sense of helplessness and despondency. I had to pause and just wonder as a boy if Bunyan himself didn't get, he was messing around out there and got caught. But what's the application now? A state of despondency can hold fast those who need to be saved but feel that God's forgiveness from sin and His promises of salvation were written to someone else. I wish we had the time tonight to pause and have you share your testimonies about what happened before you got saved. I have no doubt that there are some here who would say, It took me a little longer to get saved because when I realized the sense of my own wickedness, unworthiness to be saved, I concluded in despondency, God can't save a wretch like me. And so you waited. Perhaps you struggled, almost like being in a bog, Just trying to work your way through this and and being overwhelmed with that sense of guilt. Although not everyone faces this before their conversion, many do. I wonder, did you? Consider the fact that those that the Lord wants us to reach with the gospel some of them initially may reject what you're saying to them because it just seems too, too good to be true and they feel themselves sinking under the guilt and they don't believe you or anyone that there's a way out of this. That's just the reality. John Bunyan faced it. In his book, Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners, here's what he wrote. Quote, I saw my own vileness. I could not believe that Christ had a love for me," end quote. That was Bunyan. Some believe that their sin is so great that there is no mercy left for them. However, the book that Pilgrim held in his hands declares otherwise. And maybe there's someone listening tonight. And you say, preacher, that's where I'm at. I can't get saved. Well, would you look in Romans chapter 5 at verse 18? Romans chapter 5. And let's let's see what the book says about this matter. Beginning in verse 18, Therefore, as by the offense of one, speaking of Adam, Judgment came upon all men to condemnation. We know that John's gospel, the Lord taught, those who haven't believed are condemned already. They're under a death sentence. So were you and I before we trusted Christ. Under condemnation, all men, even so by the righteousness of one, the second Adam, Jesus Christ, The free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. All under condemnation, but guess what? Because of the second Adam, because of Jesus Christ and His free gift came upon all men, the opportunity to be justified, declare righteous. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. We know again from Scripture that's available to everyone. All have sinned to come short of the glory of God, but God is not willing that any should perish, and He's drawing all men to Himself. Verse 20, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, say the last part of verse 20 with me, Grace did much more abound. You say, I'm in that bog. I feel like I'm being pulled down by that burden. Wait a minute. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. No matter how you feel you're sinking down, (laughs) there is deliverance. There's grace. Verse 21 that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so, in the same regard, in the same comparison, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life, by or through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's your answer. Believers, too, can return to this bog and fall in. even to the point of doubting their salvation. Christian, has guilt ever so overwhelmed you that you wondered, am I even saved? How do I get out of this? You say, Pastor, you're overstating it. Well, wait a minute. David said this in Psalm 69 and verse 2. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing, Hmm. I am come into deep waters where the fl- floods overflow me. Verse 5, Psalm 69. O oh God, thou knowest my foolishness and my sins. And by the way, in the Hebrew, that word sins, the guilt of my sin, my guiltiness. God, you know not only my sin, but the overwhelming feeling of guilt. These are not hid from thee. So again, consider the promises of God written to believers. Can I just just give you some passages tonight? If we had more time, I would have us take time to just read these. But if you'd write them down. Let me just give these to you. Psalm 32 and verse 5. Psalm 32 and verse 5. You can look that one up later. Proverbs 28, 13. Proverbs 28, 13. Now what does that verse say? He that covereth his sin will not prosper. But those who confess and forsake, some of you know this verse, shall have, not maybe, but shall have what? Mercy. And I love the fact that you can go through the Old Testament, you can go through the New Testament, and consider those who were overwhelmed by sin, and when they confessed it, God showed mercy. One of the, one of the characters in the Old Testament that he, he was just a bad guy did a lot of bad things. And when you read about his life, probably you have some disgust in your soul. Ever heard of King Ahab? Do you know what God did to King Ahab when he confessed his sin? God showed mercy. Have you ever heard of another king named Manasseh? Oh boy. Well, we could talk about Manasseh. But at the end of his life, Manasseh confessed his sin to the Lord. And what did God do for Manasseh? Showed mercy. Mm. And then one of my favorite passages in all the Bible, and I've got a bunch of them, but 1 John 1, 7, and 9. Just go there. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from how much unrighteousness? Wait a second. Are you sure? What What you? Oh? All? It's what he said. Not just every kind of sin, but, but guess what? When I keep coming back to him with the same sins. Have you ever had to confess the same sin more than once? Huh. I'm so thankful that the Lord told Peter and the disciples, you forgive somebody who comes to you 70 times 7. Why would the Lord say that? Because that is what he does. There's deliverance. There's abundance of grace. What about Pliable's response in the story? He too had fallen into the slough of despond, but he has no sense that he has carried the same burden of sin. Uh, he, he's just, he's in and he's out, and he's had enough. Although the things of God temporarily motivated and excited him, I, I mean, you, you read through this and you think, this guy's going to get saved. Although he started that way, when things became difficult, he was deceived and followed the path of least resistance. Jesus described pliable in the parable of the sower in Mark 4, 16 and 17. Listen to these verses and see if this sounds like pliable. And these are they likewise, this is the parable of the sower, these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterwards, when affliction or persecution arises for the world's sake, Immediately they are, and Bunyan used the right word with Bible, immediately they're offended. If this is the deal, God, I'm not interested in your deal. But we know that's not the whole picture, is it? So what's the application? This is where We have to remind those who are contemplating salvation. You can talk about forgiveness of sin and eternal life in heaven and all that is true and it's wonderful. But we also have to remind them when you come to Christ, the road is not going to be easy. Before the crowns, there will be crosses. But you've been delivered from sin. You have been given freedom. Now you are the bondservant of Jesus Christ and it is so much better to be his bondservant than a slave to this world. And so follow Christ. Abandon all to Christ. And when you get to heaven, there won't be any regrets. And this is where we pick up the story again. Bible is offended and he gave a desperate struggle or two and got out of the mire on that side of the swamp, which was next to his own house. He went back. He followed obstinate. In a way, he himself was obstinate. So away he went and Pilgrim saw him no more. Wherefore Pilgrim was left to struggle on in the slough of despond alone. Yet he labored to that side of the swamp that was farthest from his own house and next to the gate he sought, but could not get out because of the burden upon his back. Then I beheld in my dream that a man came to him whose name was Help and asked him what he was doing in there. Pilgrim responded, Sir, I was bid to go this way by a man called Evangelist who directed me also to yonder gate that I might escape the wrath to come. And as I was going thither, I fell in here. Help responds, But why did you not look for the steps? Now in many illustrations of Pilgrim's Progress, it will show the swamp of despond, and yet in the swamp, barely able to see, there are rocks where these two could have crossed over on the rock safely to the other side. Why did you not look for the steps? Asks help. Pilgrim responds, well, when I fell in, fear followed me hard and I fled. In other words, I stepped in And then when I realized what was happening, fear drove me in, an attempt to get out in my own strength, my own efforts. And certainly I failed. Help said, then, give me thine hand. So he gave him his hand, and he drew him out, and he set him upon solid ground, and bid him go on his way. Then the pilgrim said to him who had plucked him out, Sir, since over this place is the way from the city of destruction to that narrow gate, how is it that this ground has not been mended so that poor travelers might go on more securely? That's a great question. Why doesn't somebody build a bridge? Why doesn't somebody fix this mess? He said to Pilgrim, This miry slough cannot be mended. It is the descent where the scum and filth of conviction of sin continually runs, and that is why it is called the slough of despond, or discouragement, despair. For when the sinner is awakened about his lost condition, there arises in the soul many fears and doubts which make this ground so bad. It is not the king's pleasure that this place should remain so, And his surveyors and laborers for these 1,600 years, speaking of Bunyan's time, have brought the best materials to repair the ground. Yet it is the slew of despond still, though they have done what they could. Now there's, there's so much imagery here, right? So let's back up for just a moment. Remember that the Lord told the disciples that he gives the increase. Only he can save souls. But some sow, some water. And what Pilgrim's Progress reminds us is that there are those who are evangelists, point the way. Person's maybe not ready to get saved yet. And then as they continue on and they're overwhelmed by the guilt of sin, there are other believers out there who are ready to reach out, give a hand, and pull them closer to the Savior? You never know how you inserting scripture. Try you say, "Well, I wanted to witness to him. I, I the Lord prompted me to witness. We got this far, and we got interrupted. We got this far, and something happened." Well, let's call you. Help. Just help them. But we all need to be conscious that there are those who are sinking down under the burden and the guilt of sin. And that's why we're there. I love this picture of help. He doesn't have a burden on his back. He's already been delivered, but he was there to help someone who was sinking down. And now for 2,000 years, the surveyors, the laborers, the sowers, God's servants have been working to try to fix that mess. Are we going to be able to fix it ourselves? Not at all. But we can help people out of the mess through the power of Christ. Then said Help, Look, there are, by the direction of His Majesty, certain good and substantial steps placed even through the very middle of this swamp. But when this place spews out its filth and the weather changes, these steps are hardly seen by men whose dizzy heads and fearful hearts keep them in the mire. Notwithstanding, the steps are there and the ground is good when they get near the gate. So let's close tonight. The imagery described by John Bunyan takes us back to the book of Romans. Remember chapter 5 and those encouraging words that we read. But think with me. The early chapters of Romans describe the desperate and filthy condition that man finds himself in. Just read through Romans 1. It gets nastier and deeper the more through that chapter you read. And it closes this way, that that those knowing that those who commit these sins are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And then the next couple chapters, and this is the way the Holy Spirit had Paul write that letter. It describes the exceeding sinfulness of sin and man's hopeless condition without Christ. You'll recognize the verses. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Missed the mark. Missed heaven. Eternal hell. Romans 6.23 But the wages of sin is what? Death. For a few? No. For everyone. Okay. Okay. And all that's true, though, in Romans, the witness of evangelists, the Apostle Paul, is there from the very start. It's sprinkled all through there. The stones across the slough of Despond could be renamed, and you'll recognize this. We could call it the Romans Road. Have you ever made a map in your Bible of the Romans Road or shared the Romans Road with you? Do you know what those are? those are the stones across the swamp of despair. It really is. And where's it it leading people? To Christ, the narrow gate. The Christian's work is to be help and evangelist while not falling back into the swamp ourselves. You know why some Christians don't witness? They're trying to get out of the swamp again themselves. And so let's avoid the worldliness. Let's love Christ. But let's be aware of those in the world and let's be ready to help reach out, give them truth, get them back on those rocks that lead to the solid rock that they might be saved and delivered from sin and guilt. Let's stand together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you again for this allegory. Thank you for speaking through John Bunyan. Though incarcerated, yet a free man because he knew Christ. And Lord, would you help us to leave here tonight with a heart that despises the bondage of sin and the misery of guilt that we all have known. God, keep us from returning to that bondage, but help us to be ever ready as we yield to the Spirit of God to reach out a hand and help and evangelize those who need the truth. Use us, we pray. For the sake of souls and for your glory, Lord. Amen.